And so she tasted this fresh batch of granola and she was like, this needs to be your next product. This is like better than anything I've ever tasted. Hey everyone, I'm Morgan, co-founder of Primal Kitchen and host of the Primal Kitchen podcast. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Purely Elizabeth founder, Elizabeth Stein, as she talks about her journey from holistic nutritionist to CEO of her own health food company, Ditching Grains, and the importance of nuts and seeds for gut health. Before we get into it, a brief reminder that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the view of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. Hello, how are you? Hey, Morgan. So nice to see you. No kidding. So good to see you. It's been way too long. We haven't even seen each other since we had before COVID, like 2018. So it's great to see your face. When we used to go to events live and in person. <laughs> I know. I miss those days. Um, so tell me, we, the audience wants to know, you have like such an amazing background and an amazing brand. I'm sure everyone listening has heard of Purely Elizabeth, but kind of a, a definite like thought leader, innovation leader on just the grain-free granola front and the paleo movement, all of those things, but give us a lowdown on how you got here and your journey from holistic nutritionist, I guess even to holistic nutritionist, because I feel like there's got to be a good story there. Yeah, totally. So I am 12 years into the purely Elizabeth journey from when I started. Um, but really, you know, I, I go back to, I think as a kid, like I was always relatively healthy, I was, you know, an athlete in in high school. And then um, in college, I, you know, continued to, I would say, have a more like healthy relationship with food and wellness more so than any of my friends. And I think now when I reflect back to it, I was going, I went to Boston University and I was driving to Cambridge, which was like 20 minutes away to go to a Baron Baptiste hot yoga class a couple of times a week. And now in retrospect, being like 19 and doing that in college back then, I think was so ahead of its time. Um, but I, I just remember like going into that first yoga class and feeling so incredible and really like putting two and two together, I think not of just what I was eating, but how that mindfulness was important. And so after college, I moved to New York City, uh, tried to figure out what I wanted to do and stumbled through a couple of different jobs, but ultimately was working in the handbag industry, doing sales and marketing. And I met my boyfriend at the time who was a big triathlete. And he was a personal trainer as well. And while I was an athlete in high school, I hated running. Like I would hide in the woods during lacrosse practice when we had to go run like miles around our school. Running was not for me, but he convinced me to do to start doing marathons and triathlons. And so totally out of my comfort zone, but really there was so much more to it than I think just the physical training and really understanding that it was what you were eating and it was the mental part of it. And so all of that really started to connect with me and excite me. And I started wanting to pursue a career that somehow tied these things together. And so I ended up um, finding the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, IIN, for those who have done the program. This is back in 2007, so when they were doing live classes in New York, and did the program, fell in love with it immediately, and knew that you know this was where I wanted my future. 
So with that program, I was teaching clients one-on-one and I was teaching cooking classes. Did you like quit your job and start coaching, I guess? Or So I, I was doing both for a little bit. And then ultimately I had said like, there's no way that I can be all in on trying to start my own business if I'm also at work at the same time. So I took the leap. And I was very fortunate because my boyfriend was a personal trainer. And so he had kind of a funnel of clients who ultimately were then able to come to me for from nutrition. So, you know, I I think a lot of people starting out in that position, it's really scary because how do you get the clients to come and, you know, leave your position? But it, it was very lucky to have that. So... I started doing that and I also was getting my yoga teacher training and just getting fully immersed in all of those holistic mind-body pieces. And while I was in the program, um, I was working with a lot of clients who were gluten-free. And back then, there were very few options for gluten-free items. I mean, paleo and keto literally like weren't even talked about. Uh, it was just on the fringe, I would say. No, it wasn't and- talked about until like God, after Primal Kitchen launched. I mean, right. I remember thinking when we launched our keto bars, like, should we put keto on this? Like, are people going to, is this, are they going to make bad assumptions? Like, and that was in 2017. I mean, it's new. So yeah, we're so ahead of the curve there. For sure. And so I really like somewhere in the back of my mind thought, hey, there needs to be better not only better tasting gluten-free products because the products that existed were there, but they didn't taste good, but also more nutrient rich. Like everything at the time was just made with white rice flour and sugar, et cetera. So long story short, that was in the back of my mind. I didn't think anything of it, but it was definitely like percolating back there. And ultimately I went to a local triathlon um, to participate in the race, but also to try to get clients. So I had a booth at um, a race expo when everyone's walking around getting their numbers. And the night before the race, I decided to make a batch of blueberry muffins, like totally out of the blue. But I just decided, you know what, this is 2007. It's really not like sexy talking about holistic health for me to get people to come up and sign up for my program. Let me make blueberry muffins. And like, hopefully that will entice people to come and chat with me. And sure enough, nobody at the race was very I, I actually got one client to sign up for my practice and everybody else just wanted to know where they could buy these delicious muffins. And so yeah. that became the aha moment. I pivoted, you know, that day and told people when they sign up for my newsletter, I'll let them know when the products will be available. And did you plan on launching muffins? I didn't plan on launching anything. Oh, I mean, okay. I like literally was just making it up on the spot and so like sign up for my newsletter and I'll let you know. And so I left the race. That was October of 2007. I left the race and thought like, okay, I should do something with it. And then it just went into the back burner. And then a couple of months later, I decided, you know what, why don't I start this thing on the side? I'll sell it to clients, muffin mixes to clients and friends and family. And we'll just like see what happens. And so I went to Fancy Food Show that summer, walked the show. I knew what I wanted, like, my packaging to look like. Um, And then I went to the expo, that same expo again, October of 2009, and I launched at the race. 
thinking it would be a side project. I probably bought brought like 40 mixes, sold out at the race. And then a couple days later, Daily Candy reached out and they had heard about the products and they featured us in their newsletter blast. And I had $10,000 of orders in three hours. Stop it. And that was how it started. And you were making them in what? Like a your kitchen, a commercial kitchen? Not in a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> it was in it was in my mom's um, house in the suburbs of Philadelphia, and then we quickly found a commercial kitchen. Yeah. Oh my god, that is crazy! Ten thousand dollars worth of orders, and and then did it like plateau and then peak again, or like what did that look like after launch? Yeah, that's a great question. So it definitely snowballed right from there, like. All of a sudden, we had this press, and it was Food and Wine Magazine was reaching out, and Oprah Magazine was reaching out. So we were so fortunate to keep getting these hits. And like back in 2009, social media didn't exist. So it was the time of PR, you know, having that was like gold. So that first year, I only sold, or for the most part, only sold online because we already had this online, you know, kind of, I don't want to say community because it wasn't that back then, but it was just a following. Yeah. um, An audience. People were already buying it online. Yeah. Amazing. And how many products did you have the first year? Four. So we had three muffin mixes and a pancake mix. Granola wasn't even a thought. (laughs) That is crazy. Because you're just to me, like, I mean, is granola now your number one category? It is. Yeah. 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 That is nuts. Okay. So catch us up to speed. So this is 2000. What happens then? Like then you get into retail. Like how does the story evolve? Because I feel like it evolved quite a bit from then. Yeah, for sure. So that first year, you know, I was living in New York City and using a commercial kitchen in Philadelphia where I'm from. And I was driving back and forth two hours one way to use the kitchen with my mom and then driving back to the city, filling up my car with product and shipping it out of my apartment. Like it was insane. Um And after that first year, I went to Expo East for the first time and thought, you know what, this is really early on, but I just want to see, like, we have a good feedback from consumers, but let's see what retailers think. And this is going to, like, make or break the business. And so went to that show and got, like, such great feedback. Um, At that point, I had come out with a cookie mix as well. And so we had that and we won, like, top five best new product at the show. And we were, and we, it was me and my mom, were explaining like what coconut sugar was and almond flour, like all these ingredients that, you know, people weren't using. And at that point, hired a broker and um, an outside sales management team. And that got us ultimately into Whole Foods, I would say, in the second year of business. Awesome. And then when did you leave New York? Because you're in Boulder now. So I'm in Boulder now. So I left um, New York after about five years. So at that point, we had really been focusing just on the natural channel. And we had just gotten in, actually, right when we moved here, we just got into Target. And it was like this huge deal that we were moving to Boulder and we got into Target and we had started using a co-packer out here, uh, which was part of the reason for moving oh, here. Crazy. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. And for those listening, I mean, that Boulder is one of, I would say Southern California and Boulder. I mean, there's quite a bit in Chicago as well, but, and New York, of course, but those two seem like kind of the Mecca for the natural products industry. I mean, there's so much in Boulder, like a lot of 
investment, private equity. It's just a big hotspot. So totally. It felt like it was, you know, really the right place to be connecting with like the food community here. For sure. That's amazing. And did you have any like health issues? Like, are you gluten-free or how has your like diet evolved through all of this? Yeah, I would say that I am, I mean, my, my diet philosophy in general is like an 80-20 rule to things. So at home, I would say I'm 100% gluten-free. Um, I feel better without it in my diet. And when back to when I was in school and doing the program, had started eating that way and felt better without it in my diet and also just feel like it's an inflammatory food for the majority of people. And so yeah. um, that was my stance, you know, for the last many, many years. Yeah. And you, what is your, like, what does your health and wellness routine look like nowadays? Cause you've mentioned a lot about like mindfulness. I also got my yoga teaching certification. Um, I'm like, right there. Did you teach? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. I was a terrible yoga teacher. Like I remember I had to do, yeah, I had to do like just for a little class and getting my yoga certification. And I was like, yeah. this is not my zone of genius. Like yeah. I thought this way. I taught like two classes to friends. And then I was like, eh, no, this was like great yeah. to do. For myself. I just like doing a lot of yoga. Yeah. Um, but so what does it look like now for you? Cause you got a lot going on. For sure. Um, I guess, you know, as I think about like my, my morning, I'm a morning person, like by far. Like I 5am morning type person, 5am and like asleep oh. by 830. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I take my sleep very seriously. So sleep, number one, is super important to me. Um, I have a whoop that I've had now for about a year. I don't know if you... My husband has one. Okay. So is he super into it? Yeah. He really likes it. Yeah. Tell everyone what the whoop is if they don't know. So a whoop is this wearable device. Um, There's this, there's the aura ring that are very similar, but it tracks your sleep and it tracks your... um, workouts as well and and the strain that happens throughout your day. And ultimately, all of those numbers come together while you sleep to give you a daily recovery number. So it's super interesting, A, tracking your sleep and you can see how how the different stages of sleep. So if you've got deep sleep, REM sleep, et cetera, you can see if you had you know two glasses of wine, what that might have done to your recovery the next day. Um, just they, they now have a journal actually that you can put in every type of input. So really to start correlating to say, oh, I had dairy yesterday and now my recovery is less than it was or whatever it might be for you. So it's super cool. What did you learn? What have you learned from it? Like how, how impactful was the two glasses of wine? Um, I actually learned a part of this. I just learned in Cabo with Danielle that having tequila is way better for me than having wine. Interesting. So like one glass of wine and it's fine on my recovery too. It definitely makes a big difference, but two margaritas don't make a big difference. It's fine. Yeah. That is interesting. I have found a similar, I don't do well with wine either personally, like migraines and I just, I, yeah, it's something I can't quite figure that one out, but um, it's probably also the type of wine. So if you had like the dry farm wines that are organic and don't yeah. have sulfites versus something that we don't know is in the wine, it's very true. Or just added sugar. There's all sorts of right. Um, sure. What so else? That, so sleep is certainly really important. And then morning person, my morning routine, I 
love to work out in the morning, like mixing it up between Peloton, weights, yoga, any sort of movement, I think more so for my mental um, wellness than anything else. And then I uh, try to do a five-minute journal in the morning. I don't do it every day, but really trying to use that time for gratitude journal and just like setting myself up for priorities kind of for the day. Okay. So you're, you're an avid like cyclist too, though. Don't I, I always see you like you're on the Peloton a lot. Am I right? I'm on the Peloton a lot. Yeah. I, it's funny though, because I was doing triathlons before. Yeah, I was going to say, are you still running or how did that evolve? Yeah. So it was really once the business started to become like all consuming, which I suppose was probably about day one. Yeah. It just became really hard to commit, I think, that much time to to racing. Um, But I laugh because here I was doing triathlons in New York City. And then I moved to Boulder, which is like the mecca of triathlons. And I I literally never took my my triathlon bike out of the bike box from moving here. Do you still have it or did you sell no, it? No, actually during COVID, I ended up selling it. I was like, I'm never using this. It's, this phase of life is gone yeah. for me. Yeah, for sure. Great. So the Peloton, no more marathoning, no more for now, triathloning. For now, yeah. And what's funny? Like what things did you pick up as a holistic health coach that like you carried with you and I don't know, were helpful? I would say probably the biggest thing is focusing on greens, on leafy greens. So as I think about composing a meal, a plate, I like the first thing that I think about is how do I incorporate some sort of green in here, like kale, broccoli, bok choy, Swiss chard. Um, and then I think about the rest of my plate and really thinking about like filling my plate with about half my plate with that green. And ultimately, you know, those are great for detoxification, for all the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that they have, um, and just super uplifting and light. And so that's definitely the biggest takeaway. Um, I would say for the most part, my diet is, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free. I I tend to eat um, a little bit of red meat and not because like I'm trying not to, it's just not my favorite thing. And then fish and chicken. Um, And of course, not having processed foods and sugars and all of those sorts of things. I mean, just eliminating that is like, it's half the battle. Totally. So what are you most excited about? Like what's happening in health and wellness that you're pumped about these days? Besides the whoop. Besides what? Besides the whoop. Yeah. Um, I think I've been excited about, and I think it's just coming even more, just the personalization of things, which I guess is like correlates back to the woo. But I think about, you know, all the testing that's happening, like Viome, I think is the name of it, that does a test on your um, gut microbiome. So really like ultimately there's still so much that we're going to learn about the power of our gut health and how that correlates to everything. And so to me, that, uh, that deeper understanding on what is making up our gut and like what we're lacking and what we're needing, I think is super interesting. Yeah, for sure. 
I agree. There is so much happening in that space. It's exploding. I mean, you've got like the Levels app and Zoe and there's just so much. It is. I'm wearing like my continuous glucose monitor right now from Levels. I like, I just signed up and I'm loving that. So it's, it's fun. Tell me about that. Yeah. I, I do want to sign up for Levels actually. Yeah. It's cool. Um, I did Zoe for a little bit, but this is, their app is really good at like telling you a score on like every time you eat. So you can like see how you react to certain foods just from a blood sugar, like insulin resistance standpoint, it's just tracking your glucose. Like it can just like a continue, just like a fingerprint glucose monitor. This, but this one is the continuous. You have to scan it like only once every eight hours. So it kind of reminds you like scan your phone, but you can wear it for two weeks and stores all the data on the apps really like sleek. So you can see like what your, what your fasting is when you wake up and then, you know, you just learn things. Like if I go for a walk after I eat, it really does bring my blood sugar down. Like it makes a tremendous difference. Wow. So, so how long like, of a walk do you need to go? I on? mean, even if you just walk for 10 minutes, like if I, if my blood sugar is going up and I go on a walk, like it stops and starts wow. to go the other way, which is something they like kind of train you on other things. Let's see. Some people are, I think are more insulin resistant. I learned this from talking to Tim Spector who uh, started Zoe, but some people are more insulin resistant in the morning. Some people in the evening, it's more rare to be to be like, I do better in the evening. So if I eat like a steak for dinner, I can have ice cream after with almost like no effect on my blood sugar. But if I had like oatmeal for breakfast, I would be like through the roof. So it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Is there any food that you've had that you're surprised by how you've reacted? Um. I was starving the other night before we were going out to dinner and the boys had like a Trader Joe's cauliflower, like pizza for dinner because we were going out, but I couldn't, like, I had like three tiny sliver pieces, like that you would give a two-year-old or I think it was actually for, yeah, for my 18 month old. And my blood sugar went like through the roof from this, you know, gluten-free cauliflower pizza that wasn't, yeah. And I didn't eat that much of it. And I was just thinking, man, like, you know, I don't know. I didn't, pay, there was no protein really paired with it. Or, I mean, there's some cheese on there, but not a lot of like fat. I think when you pair, when you eat protein, it really does blunt the blood sugar effect, like pretty tremendously for me, but this is yeah. what's cool about it. Like it, it might be different for everyone. Right. So it's the personalization that yeah. we're learning. That's no, so cool. It is so cool. There's a, like the, uh, Rhonda Patrick was just, or maybe it was someone else talking about the DNA company, I think it's called, but they could do like, I've done a lot of those, like self decode and a lot of the different like DNA tests. Cause I did 23 and me like back in the day and you can download your raw data and then you just upload it to all these different new apps and they like interpret oh, it and cool. you advice that way. I want to do that one, but I haven't done that yet. So yeah, I think we're on like the cusp of some major innovation there. So it's like really, really cool. The um, other super cool thing I was just listening to David Sinclair and oh, yeah. stuff. So he was saying, he was like, very confidently that in the next five years that we'll be able to take some sort of a vitamin or pill that literally will re- reverse your age, your cellular age by like 10 years. That, yeah, that is nuts. I had Dr. Amy Killen on the podcast and she talks a lot about, well, she rapamycin is like kind of a metformin. People take the metformin drug, which is a, it's like a, you know, a, I have family members who are on it for pre-diabetes, but it helps yeah. blood the blood sugar effect, right? So, so much of it comes back to metabolic health, but, um, but people on metformin were like, 
living seven years longer in spite of their diabetes diagnosis, something about the metformin was like, there's some like biohackers that try to just like get, they just take metformin. They're not even like pre-diabetic. Yeah. But then rapamycin is another one that is interesting that is kind of already doing similar functions, but it has gotten like a bad rap, not to be punny. (laughs) But I think there's some interesting thing there. I actually sent it to Mark. I don't know a few weeks. Cause I was like, what do you think about rapamycin? He's like, I don't know. And then I had sent him this like whole long article. He's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm like, I need to learn more about this. I'm kind of going to say, what's he doing? Yeah. Oh, Mark. Is he anything? Um, no, Mark doesn't do much of anything. It's just some testosterone, which he's posted about on the blog. I should really have him on here and do a whole like anti-aging, but Mark is like, you know, he's an ex professional triathlete. So he's just right. got a lot of like muscle memory. And then he follows like the primal diet pretty religiously, but Mark and two meals a day. Yeah. He's never been big on breakfast, but Mark has coffee with sugar in it every morning. Like he's not militant, but he's definitely structured. Um, but yeah, no, he's not doing anything crazy aside from like a little testosterone supplementation, which is, I think, you know, pretty mild compared to what sure. some people are doing. Um, and Mark's still super active and they moved to Miami's walking like a ton more than I think he was in Malibu. So he's like enjoying that part of the lifestyle, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who else, who's inspiring me these days? Well, now that you were talking about Mark, I, now that's like front and center of my yeah. mind. <laughs> Six, I mean, seven just still has the eight pack. Right. It's incredible. It is. Yeah. It's cool. And what you guys have done is incredible. So yeah, you're answer, but I'll take it. It's sweet. It's very <laughs> sweet. Um, okay. What's your favorite purely Elizabeth product? So I would say probably our original granola. Yeah. That's the yellow bag. That's the yellow bag. We buy that one. I have like three of them in the pantry. Our number one seller and really like what transformed the business and was a total accident, really. What do you mean? So as I said, when we started, I, you know, didn't have granola. It was just muffin and pancake mix. And I was never truthfully a granola eater, like maybe you want to try a side of granola, but I definitely wasn't like incorporating granola into my diet. I never set out to say, hey, I'm going to make our next product granola. But what happened, um, I was living in New York, as I said at the time, and I don't remember what happened that weekend, but it was like a rainy weekend in the winter in New York. You're bored. There's not much to do. And something possessed me. And it must have been like something I saw online that there was a recipe for granola or something. And I decided to make granola this one Sunday. And I was incorporating all of these ingredients that I was learning about in school. So, you know, at the time, quinoa was like, maybe I got it at the back of the small health food store in New York. Like you weren't even buying that at Whole Foods. It was like quinoa and chia and coconut oil. Anyway, I made this batch of granola and my mom was in town visiting and she was a huge granola eater. Like she knew every product on the market. Uh, She just loved granola. And so she tasted this fresh batch of granola that came out of my oven. And she was like, this needs to be your next product. This is amazing. This is like better than anything I've ever tasted. And that is our original granola. And I never changed the recipe from that day. Amazing. Is your mom still working with you today? 
Great question. So my mom, um, she does still make some sales calls. So in the beginning, she was my sole helper and she oh, wow. actually made a ton of sales calls. And she's how we originally got into Whole Foods was from my mom. Of course. It sounds like that sounds like your mom. And I don't even know her about from what you're <laughs> you like, oh, I believe it. Yeah. So, so she's still making calls, um, you know, not all the time, but when, yeah. when she gets around to it. Yeah, that's great. So the OG girl, that is crazy. You still haven't changed your recipe since then. So you just moved that into the, that's nuts. Yeah. And I and mean, I was, how I was so lucky because I hardly ever write down recipes and I happened to write down what I was doing. So, it, you know, subconsciously, there must have been something there that, like, I thought maybe that this was going to be something. But Super cool. um, yeah. And so then, then we have you- some new products coming out this yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to ask what's coming next. Well, I can't exactly oh, tell you. Of course. But yeah. they're going to be my new favorite products for sure. Really? Yeah. There's got to be dessert, cookies, or something. It's a new category. Um, they're and not cookies. They're not cookies. Okay. And you are, are they shelf stable? Yes. Okay. I won't ask any more questions. I, what categories are you in now? So you're in granola. You have cups of warm oatmeal, right? Like yeah, so we're, we have cups of oatmeal and we have multi-pack. So those were kind of recent. We just launched those at the, towards the end of 2021. So, you know, the, the six sachets in a box. Yeah. And we're expanding actually that line um, that we will be coming out in June. So really expanding oh. our oatmeal line um, with some great flavors and prebiotics and just like really awesome oatmeal skews that I'm super oh. excited about. And then we have pancake mix. Um, so kind of what I started with, it's like our pancake 2.0 version. And then we'll have this new category that we'll be launching into. So exciting. So, but the pancake mix is relatively new too. So you launched, you when you launched, you had some pancake mix. Did it go away and then come back? It did. Yeah. So ultimately when granola came out and it was, you know, quickly our top seller and, you know, from a usage occasion, someone's going through bags of granola, as you know, quite quickly where a mix, you buy multiple at a time, higher turn, it's just smarter to focus there. Exactly. So we really said, all right, let's, you know, put this aside, focus on what's working quickly. And then, you know, came back to it years later. Awesome. I love it. I can't wait to see what, when will we know what your new category is? How long do we have? We'll to be wait? launching in August. Oh God, not, not for a while. I'm going to do my research because I'm going to find out what category resets in August and, <laughs> and I'll be able to tell. What exactly. You're, you're going to be able to figure it out. Uh, we're also, we're also going to have a brand refresh. Oh, exciting. Do you guys yeah. have an agency? What'd you do? We did. We hired an agency and it's our first I would say real refresh. Like we've done minor tweaks to the packaging yeah. over the last 12 years, but this is the first kind of big um, change. change. Like our logo is changing slightly. Easy. Yeah. And so we'll be showing that in March at Expo West, um, which we're so excited about. Yeah. That is scary, but exciting. I love it. Yeah. The process was super scary. Was I it? Think. Just as, you know, we had said, like, that's open it up that you could go close in and further out. And once we saw the further out, that was the scary part of, like, I can't. Did you end up landing on a further out or a closer in change? A closer in. Yeah. Smart. 
Yeah. yeah. Like I'm I'm not even nervous about it because I just think it's going to look great and it's still so recognizable that yeah. there won't be confusion. Yeah. That's like always key. I feel like you get in trouble or you can tell like what brand's really desperate when suddenly their packaging just dramatically changes and you're like, okay, no matter what lipstick you put on that one, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be enough to do it. But yeah, that's very cool. Okay. I have one last question for you. This is what I ask this is what I ask everyone. I always get the most interesting answers, but what is something about you that most people don't know? Ooh. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, I suppose, is that I'm an introvert. Really? So that has definitely been something over the years that has become, I would say, easier. But like starting out, that was definitely a challenge in the business for me. Um and definitely something that's evolved and um, I've learned to embrace and know like when I need to have my quiet time and when I need to be in a group and, you know, balancing all those things. Yeah. I love it. I feel like that's a, a new thing. Like people weren't recognizing that like 10 years ago, but now that is like something where people are like, Hey, it's okay to not want to be surrounded by people 24 hours a day. And that can mean that you just do need, like you recharge alone versus recharging like with people. Right. Can't that mean that sometimes like what's your definition of introvert? Just like, I think needing, recognizing that like I need to, to, that I feel recharged more often, like in it by myself or in smaller groups. So I think about like being at Expo, for example, where you're there all day and talking to people, which I'm sure everybody kind of feels this way. But at the end of the day, I always say, I'm like, it is just our team going to dinner. Like I cannot have some external people that I need to then be on for the rest of the the day, which probably everyone feels that way at Expo. But Expo is so overwhelming. For those listening that don't know or have never been, Expo West is like the biggest trade show in the food industry. And it draws like... What, there were like 70,000 people there yeah. last expo they had, which was a while ago, but every year it just gets bigger and bigger. And it is, I agree with you. I'm pretty extroverted. Like I could be around people 24 hours a day, every day and be fine. But I, at expo, I like kind of dread sometimes going to expo. It's just so emotionally exhausting, but yeah, I'm, I hear you on that. Well, I love it. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, so great hearing your story. Let everyone know where they can find you before we let you go. So you can find us on purelyelizabeth.com in every retailer, Whole Foods, Kroger, Target, Walmart, and on social, we're purely underscore Elizabeth. Love it. Awesome. Thanks so much. And we can't wait to see what you come out with in August. Thanks. Bye. Bye.